Well, good morning, Orange Wood. Good morning, good morning, good morning. What an honor and a joy and a privilege it is to be back here with my Orangewood family. Before I get started, let me just open this up in prayer. Father, thank you for your love, your joy, your peace, your ever-abiding presence. Lord, my simple prayer is this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Father, I pray that you would anoint me in such a way, God, that you would speak to and through me. And Father, I pray that you would give us all ears to hear what your spirit is going to say to the church today. But help us to not be hearers only, but doers of your word, because your word indeed is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Cleanse us today with the washing of water by your word. Because your word is truth, and the words you speak to us are spirit and life. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Again, what an honor to be here, and it's always good to uh, be with my good brother and friend, Pastor Jeff Jakes, and his wife Katie, and thank God for all of the pastors and elders and leaders here uh, at Orangewood. I do bring you greetings from the Kingdom Church, uh, where Pastor David Jock is our senior pastor. I serve on the pastoral staff there with the responsibility of training and developing all the deacons, ministers, elders, and new pastors. What a great task that is. I'm 51 years old, but I'm the old guy around there. It's a church full of mostly millennials, and, and uh, so y'all know how crazy that situation can be. Uh, <laughs> have a seniors ministry. I have to be in the seniors ministry over there. Uh, But what a joy uh, it is to serve there. And um, wish my wife could be with me this morning, but she could not be. She sends her love and greetings. She has a mammoth responsibility at the church. She oversees the children and youth ministries there at uh, both of our campuses. So uh, she couldn't be here with us this morning, but sends her love uh, as well. Today, I want to talk to you from these words, very familiar words uh, to you, and I've titled this message, Pass the Peace. Pass the Peace. So let me just read from the word of God. Um, Matthew 5 and 9 reads, from the Beatitudes, this is Jesus giving his worldview of life. Um, Jesus preaches his, his first and perhaps his longest sermon here at the Mount of the Beatitudes, but included in these blessings. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And in Hebrews 12, 14, it says, strive for peace with everyone and for holiness, which which without no one can see the Lord. So as I get started, I want to talk about the theology of peace in the sense that I want to speak uh, from three main points that we need peace with God, we need the peace of God, and we need to be proactive in our peacemaking. So the word peace is listed in Scripture over 300 times. The Old Testament, the popular word for peace is shalom, shalom. 
In the Hebrew, in the New Testament, Greek, it is Irene. Looks like Irene, but Irene. It simply means freedom from disturbance. Tranquil. To be undisturbed by outside influences and undisturbed well-being within our souls. So here's the question. What do you do when life happens and situations come to disturb your peace? So a few months ago, actually the middle of last year, I woke up one morning and I had all these text messages and emails from my bank And they were some disturbing text messages and emails. My identity had been compromised. And someone had gone into our business accounts. Well, let me just back up. Uh, There's in my in our family, we have three three different companies. I lead one. I have I started a corporate chaplaincy business a few years ago where companies hire me and my chaplains to serve their employees. And then my sons have, uh, two of my sons have, have companies as well. And I serve as the keeper of uh, the accounts and all of that. And so I wake up and I see that there's thousands of dollars that was taken out of our account by some strange person. And, you know, uh, I had to remember that I was saved and loved Jesus at that moment. Because a few words, a few different other kind of words wanted to come to my mind. And, and, um, and I'm saying, what's going on? And I tried to log in on my phone and on computer. And somebody had literally gone in and changed my username and password as well. And so obviously we had to spend some time at the bank and get that taken care of. But let me tell you what that did for me. We got that taken care of. And because they were business accounts, uh, the the bank immediately um, refunded uh, the money to us. And then they did their own investigation. Uh, That was cool. But let me tell you what that did for me. It disturbed my peace. I could not sleep for a few days. I found myself every so many minutes just going into the accounts and making sure all the money was there. Right. Right. You know, and being a small business person, you know, not having a whole lot of money, you know, every dollar is precious. And so I found myself just waking up in the middle of the night, checking the accounts and not getting the kind of sleep and rest that I really needed to get. But it was my precious wife. Thank God for her. We've been married uh, over 30 years and uh, she indeed is a woman of God. I, I just love being married to someone who just loved Jesus a whole lot more than me. And she did two things. She spoke God's word into my heart. She quoted, just quoted scriptures and just gave me God's word and she prayed. And it was listening to her tell me the very things that I have told others. It's amazing to me that I always have good answers for everybody else. But when it comes to my own situation, sometimes I find that I look more at my situation than I do the God who is sovereign over it. And my wife reminded me of that and she prayed. Once she did that and spoke life to me, 
I just say, you know what? I was reminded of the, ver- the word where he that watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleep. So I say, God, ain't, need, ain't no need of two of us stand up since you got it. One of us need to go to sleep and I'm just going to go to sleep. I'm going to rest. God sometimes orders or allows for our peace to be disturbed when he wants to move us from our comfortable place, right? So sometimes when we, we won't move on our own or just when God wants to do something fresh, new, and different, he disturbs us and disturbs our comfort. The question is, where do you retreat? And to whom do you retreat when your life and your peace is interrupted. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are weary and are burdened, and I, I will give you rest. Psalm 119, 165 says, great peace have they which love your word, and nothing can cause them to stumble. Nothing can cause them to stumble. Great peace are the ones who know the word, who retreat to the word, and nothing can cause them to stumble. For a brief moment, I have forgotten about that. You know, sometimes us pastors can be knuckleheads too. You know, we're not perfect. None of us are. And, um, and, and I think about the word Every, you know, people love the fact that, man, you just know a lot of scripture. I, I know a lot of word, know a lot of scripture. But at that moment when my money was gone, let me tell you something about black people. <laughs> There's three things you don't mess with. And the, orders, the order changes based on what time of day it is. You don't mess with a brother fool. You don't mess with a brother's woman. And you don't mess with his money. Now, that order, if he's hungry, it's all about the food. <laughs> you don't mess with that. And let me tell you, I got disturbed. And for a moment, I just forgot who I was, thinking more about what was taken from me. And you know where my peace really went? <clears throat> it wasn't so much the money we lost, but I was disturbed in my peace because I didn't know how to prevent it. And I, how do I prevent this from happening again? Now, we've put some safe, some additional safeguards in place that uh, hopefully won't happen again. But at the end of the day, you still just can't stop this stuff sometimes. But God is intentional about us living in peace, both now and for eternity. In fact, even on the earth and even in the new earth, he gives us a city. And it's called Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the, the city of peace. That's what the Salem of Jerusalem means. It means peace. And so he wanted his people, even in the name of their city, to be living in a, a city that will be called by the name peace. And even in eternity, when John saw the new Jerusalem coming down on the earth, that we as believers would live in this great city, this great place, and we would be reminded it is a place of peace. 
Hmm. The word peace is listed in the top three. I call it the top three, but certainly the first three listed fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, and peace. It's amazing how those three are grouped together. We know God is the God of love, so love should be first. And we know the joy of the Lord is our strength. You show me someone without joy, I'll show you someone without strength. And the enemy will try to come and steal our joy in various situations. But then that third one is peace. And then there are six more listed, but peace, the peace that passes all understanding. Even Jesus is called the prince of peace. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, not as the world give, but I'm giving you my peace. Then he told them, let not your heart be troubled. So, David, if your heart is troubled, it's because you're letting it. Because if you apply everything that I've put in place, I've given you my word. I've given you my spirit. I've given you the church. I've given you all things that pertains to life and godliness. I've given you everything that you need in order to deal with every circumstance and every situation. So why don't you apply it? I'm the God of peace. But your peace is disturbed. Watch this. Your peace, my peace, your peace is disturbed when momentarily or permanently we take our eyes off Jesus. Or we listen to the voice of outsiders. And one of the writer of Hebrews tells us, look to Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So let me take us back to the garden and talk about how peace was lost. There were four in the garden. Obviously, it was God, it was Adam, then there was Eve, and as my dad would say, then there was old Slewfoot. Satan was there as well. But God had already spoken. He had already spoken. When he created Adam and Eve, the very first words scripture records that God says to them is be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. That's what God spoke to them. And he told them, he said, listen, I have given you a garden buffet. Now you say that, I'm just giving you the hood version of the story. <laughs> you got a buffet. You got all these trees, all this fruit, all these vegetables. It's yours, it's yours, it's yours, and you may freely eat, but I'm just going to reserve this one, this one tree over here, just stay away from it. Because if you eat from that tree, you will surely die. So the very first words, scripture records that is communicated out of the heart or mouth of Satan came to Eve. 
Satan spoke to Eve. Now, I want you to I want you to I want you to see this because this is a major strategy by the enemy in all of our life. The very first thing he says to Eve, the very first thing that comes out of the mouth of Satan to humanity is hath God said. Very first thing that comes out of his mouth. In other words, the very first thing that comes out of the mouth of Satan to humanity is to question what God said. To question God's word. And that's the strategy that he will use today. That when we're going through circumstances and situations, one of the first things we're challenged with is, is God's word true? Is God going to do what he said he's going to do? And sometimes we get in a crisis of faith. Sometimes we get in a crisis of God's word because when everything is going well and when everything is going right, you know, we, 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 our mind and our heart may be in a certain place, but you let something happen. You let life happen. You let uh, a bill come through that you can't afford. You let a circumstance happen at the doctor's office when the doctor says, well, we need to perform some more tests. And when those tests come back, the tests are not good news or circumstances and situations regarding our children, our life, whatever. Life is going to happen and it happens to all of us. And when we want to retreat to God's word, the enemy wants you to question the authenticity of the word of God, the inerrancy of the word of God, or you're challenged whether or not you're even going to run to the word of God because there is so much noise on the outside that we can't hear the word of God through his word. We can't hear God speaking because we're listening to everything and everybody else. Hath God said Eve? And then the second thing he said to her is, you, you, you're not going to die. You, you, you won't die. And then the third thing he said to her is, you're going to be like God. And time won't permit me to just kind of drill down on that and just kind of unpack that. But if you really understand what the enemy is doing, it is the same strategy he's using today. Hmm. But here's what I love about this story, because when Eve is deceived and eats of the fruit she gave to her husband that was with her. What was Adam doing when the enemy was speaking? He should have spoke louder. But we don't know what Adam was doing or why he didn't say what he didn't say. But the fact is, he ate of the fruit with her. And the moment Adam disobeyed God, Sin entered into to the world and fellowship with God was broken and peace with God was disturbed. Before then, Adam and Eve was walking in peace with God. But, but after sin came into the world, that peace was disturbed. But what I love about this story, well, first of all, when, when, when sin came into the world, 
Their eyes were open in a different way. And the first thing Adam and Eve wanted to do was cover themselves, cover it up, get covered up. And they, they, they chose the wrong stuff because you can't cover up with a bunch of leaves. All you need is just a good wind and all your business is exposed. Right? Just a good wind, just a good wind to come by and you, you ain't got nothing up to, to cover you up. And, and, and so when God came to them in the cool of the garden, Adam, where are you? And you know the story. And they was hiding from God. And, 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 and as, the, as God began to conversate with them and the question came out, you know, have you done the very thing that I told you not do, to do? But what I love about this story, even when peace was disturbed, the one thing that God did for Adam and Eve was cover them. In the 21st verse, the Bible says he made coats of skin. So here you see even looking forward to the cross, right? Where there would have to be a blood sacrifice because you can't get coats of skin without some animal being slain. So God who also slay, had to have his own son to be slain, right, at the cross. He had to slay animals, an animal or a few animals, so that he can get the skin from them and cover Adam and Eve. And so to cover them, you got to understand that when you take skin from an animal, that it causes blood to be shed. So blood is on the skin. So when he places the skin on Adam and Eve, he's also placing blood on them. Oh, I can't get no help up here in here at Orangewood. The preacher man done showed up now, but I got to keep myself, got to keep myself calm. Because the blood of Jesus, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. And so God got involved with the redemption of his children and he covered them. He didn't just let them stay where they were, but God covered them. And I remember about 10 years ago when I was close to a nervous breakdown, I was going through the hardest season of my life, the hardest season, feeling like a failure as a person, feeling like a failure um, as a father, just feeling like a failure as a leader, and I had a particular situation that took place in my family with one of my children. Um, it was two, but one in particular. And I really didn't know how to cope. I didn't know how to deal with it. And it just took my life on a downward spiral. spiral. But I remember these two friends, these two friends came to my house on a Saturday on a Saturday, and just sat with me and cried with me. And they didn't come with words of, well, what did you do wrong? That You could have done this, that, and other. They didn't come with no words of chastening or no words of correction or no words of how you can make it better. Or just, just came and just sat with me. We sat and we cried. In other words, my friends covered me. I would never, I would never, ever forget that. 
In other words, coming to my house, they passed their peace to me. And they passed the peace of God to me. But unlike God, instead of covering the ones we love, we rather see them in figs, which exposes the parts of us that needed covering the most. But blood was shed. Something had to die that Adam and Eve might continue living. So when peace is disturbed, who do we need? We need Jesus. No. Who are you going to call? Don't say Ghostbusters now. I, I, I heard some of y'all, we're going to call Jesus when our peace is disturbed. So the blood of Jesus can cover us. And as I fast forward this story, Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need these two things. We need peace with God because when sin came into the world, our peace was disturbed. We were disconnected. But faith in God and belief in Christ credits us with righteousness. If you read in chapter 4, anytime you see in the scripture, therefore, therefore, it is finishing a thought or you really need to go to the chapter or verse before that to kind of get the idea of where the, the gospel writer or the, 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 the author, the biblical author is going. Therefore, so in chapter 4, Paul is talking about faith and belief in Christ and how we've been credited with righteousness. And so we've been credited with this righteousness for salvific reasons. We, he saved us. He cleansed us. He delivered us. Sin separates us from God, making us enemies. We literally become enemies of God, but Christ reconciled us to God by making peace between enemies. Humanity became an enemy of God through separation, but Jesus got the cross right here already, but I'm going to stand behind him. Jesus at the cross bridges the gap between God and man. Man can't get to God except he come through Christ. And God could not redeem man except through Christ. And Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead. One of the things I love about Jesus in this hypostatic union of his is that he is both God and man at the same time. And he's not like the coffee cream of half and half now. He's 100% God and 100% man and he is that simultaneously. He is our peace. He, he not just gives us, he doesn't just give us peace, but he is. Brothers and sisters, he, Jesus, is my peace. When my peace is disturbed, I like the song, when peace like a river tendeth my way. Sorrow like sea billows roll. You, you know the song. It is well with my soul. You know what? 
if it isn't well, then I like the words that scripture use also, that it shall be well. So if it ain't well now, there have been times when people ask me, is everything okay, Dave? I said, well, um, it shall be well. What do you mean by that? Because right now it may not be so well with me. I remember one day some years ago, I was on, a, uh, I was on the, the board of this company, this organization. And before we get started with the board meeting, there was always going around. Hey, how's everybody doing? <coughs> and I knew they were going to come to me. And I said, I'm not going to do it today. Ain't going to do it. And ain't ain't going to do it. Right. I ain't going to do it. What, what, what am I not going to do? I'm not, I'm not going to be superficial because when, when, when we're around other people, we want to make sure that people see our game face. So, hey, Dave, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed of the Lord. Everything wonderful. Everything good. And, you know, we learn how to put that smile on our face, right? And I said, I ain't going to do it today. Can't do it. I'm tired of being fake and phony when I need to be real. When they got to me, Dave, how you doing? I said, I'm, it's, it's not good. My, uh, and, and my face showed it, and the whole room changed. Not good. It's not a good day for me. I'm not, I'm not going to give a, the answer that people seem to want to uh, seem to look for all the time. I'm going to give you the right. You really want to know? Don't ask me. But if you really want to know, it's not a good moment for me. It's not a good time for me. And I begin to tell them what was going on. And let me tell you. The board meeting changed from the agenda changed from dealing with the issues of the organization <coughs> and to, to a prayer meeting. We all just began to pray and, and God, the spirit of the Lord came in the room and, and, and touched our lives in a wonderful way. And God moved in that organization. It was all because I refused at that moment. I refused to say anything but what was true. And the truth at the moment was all was not well, but in Jesus, it shall be well. So we have peace with God, but now we need the peace of God. I do want to read. Uh, let me see how much time I have. All right. So let me just read these few verses in Colossians 3, 10 and 12 through 15. I'll try to read it fast. And it says, and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of his creator. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ, Right. The peace of Christ rule in our hearts to which indeed we were called into one body and be thankful. So I have peace with God so that my union and fellowship with God is restored. But now that I have peace with God living on this earth, I need the peace of God. So I know how to deal with my brothers and my sisters. So I know how to deal with life. So I know how to deal with situations that when I wake up in the morning and all my money is gone. I can still worship. I can do like Job. Job lost it all. He funeralized. Can you imagine this place being sprawled 
from wall to wall with ten caskets, seven sons and three daughters dead at the same time. He loses his health. He loses his wealth. He loses the support of his wife because she's heartbroken because all her babies are dead. And Job had the nerve to say the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Bible says Job fell and he worshiped. He worshiped. I don't understand Job. I don't understand how when you can have such great loss, but you can still worship the God that could have stopped it all. But when you understand who God is, that he is sovereign and that he's in control. And in him all is or shall be well. So let me bring this home past the peace. I love what, because our church does the same thing right before the messenger comes up. Give somebody a hug, you know, tell them that you love them, you're glad to see them. We, we do that too. And, and I know, um, you know, you, you, the whole past the peace, I actually got those words from you all because that's what you call it, past the peace, right? So I said, no, passing the peace is more than a hug and a handshake. It's more than a hug and a handshake. The scripture says, be ready to take the good news to those close to you and those outside of your circle. Ephesians 2, 17. And he came and preached peace to those who were far off and those who were near. He preached peace. He went outside. He left his comfort and glory and came down to here. That's why I loved it. You know, when I was working on staff with Josh's partnership, I had to uh, work very closely um, with Orangewood and many other churches. There was about over 50 churches that we were working with. But I loved it when you guys were part of the whole Josh's partnership with Eatonville and the, the, ur- the urban side of Winter Park. Um, praise the Lord. And um, when you were involved because you went outside of yourself and you connected with other groups and other churches and other communities and you passed the peace of Orangewood to those communities. I loved it. I saw firsthand Orangewood becoming peacemakers in this community. So let me bring this home. Our feet should be ready to go Wherever peace is absent. Ephesians 6.15 says our shoes, that our shoes for, for our feet should be the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Blessed are the peacemakers who pass the peace. Who needs your peace? All kinds of people do. On your job, in your home, your family. When somebody calls me and tells me their marriage is in trouble, I don't care what's going on. That's a 911 call for me. I will change my schedule up and go see, go to their house, set up a time. Hey, we got to get this fixed. Pass your peace. Pass the peace of God, but also pass your peace. Even Jesus said, if you go into a city and come into a home, if they welcome you in there, leave your peace. Because your peace is my peace. 
And who do we need to pass the peace to? There are marriages that are menacing, hearts that are hopeless, lives that are lifeless, communities that are cut off, sinners without a savior, the faithful that needs forgiveness, leaders that need love, parents that need a pardon, children that need charity, the homeless that need help. In other words, pass the peace, be a peacemaker. Remember the words of the apostle Paul when he listed out all those sins in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, and even in 1 Timothy 1, 15, when he listed those sins, he said, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified by Jesus. In other words, we have peace with God. Paul said this, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, and I'm the, I'm, I'm the chief knucklehead. I'm the chief one. I'm the first one, first in line, as the Apostle Paul said. And I'm saying, man, that's me. You're talking about me, too. I'm one of the knuckleheads, too. Don't let this suit fool you. I do look kind of good, but, you know. <laughs> I'm a knucklehead. I need his grace. I remember the Lord speaking to me, and this is my final close. This, you have to give Black Preacher three closings. This is my third one. And I felt like a few of my children just had just gone buck crazy and went totally against everything that we taught them and raised them to do. And I remember God speaking this to me in my heart. He said, if you want to receive grace from me, you must offer grace to them. I was feeling like a failure. And God, the spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart. This, I'll never forget these words. I think I'm going to write a book about it. He said, if you are a failure, then so am I. And God took me back to the Exodus and showed me through the word all the stuff that he had did, done for Israel. Everything that he let them see and hear and experience. And Israel still went after strange gods. Still turned their back on God. And the spirit of the Lord spoke to me one last time in that moment. He said, if the choices of your children determine how good of a parent you are, then I'm just as big of a failure as you are. Because look at the people I call my children and what they've done even after receiving all that they received from me. And so he questioned me again. He said, did you train them up in the way that they should go? Yes, Lord. Then you did your part. Let them go and let me have them. Yes, Lord. I passed that peace to them. Now it's up to them to receive it for themselves. Why should we pass the peace to others? Because Jesus passed it to us. You and I can't afford to be on the sidelines anymore. Just because everything is good in your life, it's good in your life. Great. Now go make it good in somebody else's life. Don't sit on the sideline. Get involved with stuff that's going on here at the church. Find stuff that's going on in the... We, we become so selfish. Everything is about us. I work my 40 or 50 hours. I make my money. I go home and everything is wonderful, Lord. And we just want God to just make everything just so great and wonderful in our life. And God will cause a disturbance to move us to where we need to go. 
And when he does, he gets all the glory. So I passed the peace. Now, when people come across my mind, I did. Somebody I hadn't talked to a long time. Yesterday morning, they came across my mind and I prayed for them. And I sent them a text message. I said, I just want you to know I thought about you and I prayed for you. They haven't heard from me in a long time because I need to pass the peace. At Walmart, how you doing? I try to call them by their name if their name tag is on there. How's your day going? God bless you because my job is to pass the peace. When people's lives are broken and hurting, I need to insert myself because God has given me peace. My job is to see to it that other people's lives are at peace the same way mine is. And until everyone has peace in their life, I should be busy about my father's business. We don't work for our salvation, but we work from it. And the work that's from it is the work of of sharing the good news with others that Jesus is Lord. Pass the peace. Thank you for your word, God. As we have been challenged today, help us to remember that you are our peace. You've broken down all the walls that divide us. And help us to take the peace of you, God, that passes all understanding and take it into places and with people that need you. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world, Lord. You declared that. Help us to be light. Help us to be salt. And help us to pass the peace. In Jesus' name. Amen.